although now that we say this, I, I'm going to see if I can talk Tim into renting goats for the AV tweet tweet up at uh, Infocom and just I have no control over budget anymore, so I can't do it. On this episode of Resi Week, we talk hands-on with Matter, how awesome Sony is, and Expo's networking opportunities. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 376, Grade 8 Dances. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matthew Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by my good friends, Shannon Humphrey. He is the president of MSC Audio. How are you doing, Shannon? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And then we have Mr. Jason Knott. He's the chief content officer and semi-pro golfer at CE Pro. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. I'm going to rag on you for that one for a while. Mr. I shot an 82 and it was it was, it was bad. <laughs> like Rombo up there. All right, gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from Residential Tech Today. Hands on with the Matter Smart Home Protocol uh, from Jay Basin. Jay goes through and kind of highlights uh, where Matter is today and then jumps into a couple of manufacturers and what matter products they've got that he was able to test and play with. Um, Shannon, let me let me start with you on this. Matter's been it's been announced for a while. It's been in the wild for a little bit. And to Jay's point, we're starting to see a couple of manufacturers that have put out some actual product with matter built into it. When will our channel, this the the Cedia channel, look at matter and say, yeah, we're ready to not, not play with this internally and do testing and all that fun stuff, which we're probably already doing. Um, but when will integrators start to look at this as an actual, you know, product that they're going to start specking and start using? Is it today? Is it down the road? Oh, I think it's going to be, uh, down the road for sure. Um, I, I look at it like, uh, on the commercial side with, uh, the Dante, uh, I, I think it's really going to be um, something that's going to be slow at first. And then, you know, some big boys are going to jump in with some really cool products uh, like Sure did on the commercial side. And it's really going to start pulling more people into it, into the fray. And uh, they're really going to start, you know, I, I think it's going to be a really slow buildup and then it's just going to explode. If And, and this seems like something that, that will uh, have some traction. We've got, you know, some big boys already on board. They, mm -hmm. they really don't have any uh, anything. Um, you know, uh, any, you know, huge projects or anything like that, that they've announced yet, but I'm assuming obviously Apple, Google, Amazon, they're going to start putting it on their things and, and they're going to yeah. start pushing it out. Yeah, that's a good point. Jason, what is the f near future, like less than five years look for with matter? Because we've been following it obviously a little bit on the show. I know you have, uh, from the CE pro standpoint, it's got legs, but it's also already hit speed bumps. There's already some some funkiness with with matter in the field and, and from a manufacturing standpoint, at least from what I'm hearing. What's the next three, four years look like for the protocol? Well, I think clearly when I read the article, it was clearly targeted towards the DIY mm -hmm. 
individual yeah. who was the reader, you know, versus the professional installer. And in fact, it had a, a, some bullet points that he was ta going through on how he actually loaded up some of the devices. And it kind of proved the point to me of that for many consumers, they are not going to do that. Yeah. And that there, there really is a do it for me market out there. You know, I had an integrator, uh, I was out at the, the ProSource meeting a few weeks back and I, I asked about do it for me versus DIY. And he goes, everything I do is do it for yeah. me. I don't, it could be a million dollar system, but it's a million, it's do it for me. It goes all the, every system. So I think this article really kind of proves that point that for, it's really a do it for me type of scenario for the short term right now um, until I think, and again, we all got, we all got eventually comfortable with smartphones and, and streaming media and all those sorts of things that, that did come about. But I think um, in the short term, it's still a do it for me space for integrators to be able to, they could show this article mm -hmm. flat out to a customer and say, are you willing to do this? And most of them are going to say no. Yeah. That, that's a really good point. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Let's change topics for a second. This comes to us from CE Pro. Sony literally helped keep me in business during the supply chain situation. Uh, integrators are recounting how Sony was their ideal partner through this past year. CE Pro's quest for quality awards. Read through uh, this uh, short article real quick. And um, th there's some really, really good um, feedback and, and, and encouragement and and. I don't know, props given to Sony uh, for how they went through the pandemic from not only a service, but a supply, et cetera, situation. Obviously, Jason, this comes from the quest for quality where you're getting a lot of feedback. I'm looking forward to the name dropping of all the companies that did a really poor job of this. I have those. I have those. <laughs> you can share it with me. I promise. I won't tell anybody. I won't bring it up on a show. I'll just I'll put it in my pocket. What... Did the pandemic and the supply chain aspect of that, did that be, a, or, or is that a seminal moment that made manufacturers, in this case, Sony, who won customers for life versus lost customers for life? It, it, am I being too black and white on that issue? A little bit. I think in regard to supply chain, mm -hmm. if you wanted to isolate just on the supply chain portion of that during the pandemic, clearly there were integrators who had to find new choices because they were just not able to get their favorite products. But I think the fundamentals that Sony has in place, and I can remember doing an article over 10 yeah. years ago on the tech support team at mm -hmm. Sony. So Sony 10 years ago, plus 10 years ago, had a dedicated tech support team for the integration channel versus some manufacturers do not. Yeah. They have a shared uh, consumer slash integrator phone uh, base or tech support where I hear from integrators all the time. Oh, that's an hour phone call. If my guy's got a call from mm -hmm. the field, you know, an hour wait. So I think some of those fundamentals that Sony has in place, meaning, you know, dedicated tech support being right up at the top of it. Also, I think sharing with customers their product roadmap. Yeah. I think that that's very important for the integrators to know what's coming down the pike. So those sorts of things were predated the pandemic. The supply chain, yes, I think that's another checklist 
that every manufacturer, when they're talking to a customer going forth, they should absolutely be talking about their product roadmap. They should be talking about the status of their supply chain, and they should be talking about their um, tech support. So be, before we go to Shannon, let me, let me ask you this. If, if it wasn't a moment that necessarily would win you lifelong, were there issues that were big enough over this time period that will turn dealers off uh, for, for life? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, again, we were joking about some of the, uh, the frustration comments that I have um, <laughs> from dealers talking about what they see as extreme price gouging that was taking yeah. place um, by the manufacturers in, in certain cases. And I think, I don't want to say it all comes down to price, but a lot of time it does, or just communication, mm -hmm. lack thereof of communication of what was the status of when these products were going to come in, um, uh, you know, how the prices were changing co consistently. So um, it's a good point. I, I think it's going to be tough for some companies to recover from this who did a really poor job during the last two and a half years. And there's going to be some companies that, that were hero heroes. They, yeah. they did really well and they probably earned loyalty, but whether that be for life, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't have a crystal ball to be able to tell that whether <laughs> those dealers will eventually go back to those, those manufacturers who they had trouble with um, um, before. Cause there could be various reasons. They could have yeah. a, a ton of legacy account of, clientele out there with that other manufacturer so they want to maintain that relationship they want to keep using that brand so there's so many different variables it's hard for me to tell yeah that's a good point i didn't answer your question I'm no sorry. no no no. you did <laughs> you did shannon let me let me ask you this from the manufacturer's standpoint what do you have to do to to try and see these kinds of reports spoken about and again i'm not specifically trying to uh, single out MSE, but just in general, as a manufacturer, what do you have to do to try and reap these types of kudos from your dealers? Well, obviously, Sony has uh, has uh, you know their their stuff together. They really know what they're doing. Um, they they see what's important out there in the market, and and you know from from my my standpoint, it's it's trying to you know be all things all at once. Um, what, what was that mm -hmm. that uh, movie that just came out? everything everywhere all at once or something like that yeah that, yeah everywhere and, and, all at once. you know to me uh you know that that's really what it's all about is you know i have to be everything to uh you know to our our you know customers our dealers uh because they need they need their supplies on time they need you know tech support customer service all of those things and so um you know I, what what's really stood out to me and and not to you know not to really um you know spend a lot of time talking talking uh, sony up but uh they, they you know they won five they won five uh or or had five mentions uh on on there and that that goes to to the whole uh, the, the the organization as a whole um you know uh, i was i was we were lucky enough to be on there a couple times as well and so i, I think it just goes it goes uh, to to show what they're doing as a whole uh, what they're, you know, bringing to the table and, and that they really value their, their, uh, partners. They want to be a good partner and they want to be somebody people can rely on. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's really what it boils down to, you know, uh, all of the shipping, um, you know, 
craziness that happened over the past few years, um, it, it was very clear that that Sony and those uh, those that that made it on the supply chain side of things uh, really invested heavily in that and and um, you know put some effort into that. That wasn't that just didn't happen overnight. They had to put money, time, uh, you know, sweat and tears into it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's really what it boils down to is is making sure you're delivering uh, all the time. Yeah, that's a really good point. All right, gentlemen, let's change topics kind of to the future for a second. This comes to us from ResTech today as well. And a good friend of the show, Mr. Jeremy Glowacki. Uh, Cedia Expo 2023 is going to feature networking opportunities to engage the integration community. Uh, there's a really good quote in here from Jason McGraw uh, from uh, Emerald talking about how networking is a crucial aspect of trade shows and events. Um, so they've got a bunch of things. Uh, Shannon, I know you're very disappointed that there will be yoga, but not goat yoga, <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Um, I'm also disappointed about that. Uh, Katie, if you could set that up, maybe I'll maybe I'll participate. Um, but a bunch of things that they're doing. Shannon, I'm all in favor of more networking opportunities. But I also feel at most networking opportunities that I go to that are billed that way, that I'm in grade eight going to a dance and the three of us are standing on one side of the gym and all the girls are standing on the other side of the gym as we talk about things directly not related to the dance that we were invited to. Can organizations and and trade shows, can they truly foster organic networking or is it kind of one of those, hey, we're going to get everybody into a room and hope they talk to each other? Um, well, that's a tough one. I, I think, um, <laughs> you know, obviously, uh, you know, from a manufacturing standpoint, you know, uh, we really, we really put a lot of effort into our booth. We put a lot of effort into, you know, focusing that we, we look good on, you know, on the showroom floor. But, but the reality of it is that most of the, the strides that we make are in the networking. And so I, I think, you know, as as an organization, I, I think we have to just make sure that the people that are going that we're sending to these uh, these events are really, um, you know, th- that they understand the importance of the networking and understand what that can really mean for the the, the company. Um, you know, it, it I can send an engineer to to uh, to Cedia, and um, you know they they might meet you know another manufacturer or something that I hadn't even you know, hadn't even thought about partnering with, and mm-hmm. we might end up with, with, uh, you know, a really lucrative, uh, you know, partnership. So, uh, I think it's just really important to make sure that, that everyone that goes understands that and understands that this is not just about looking at, you know, walking the floor and looking at speakers and maybe going to some, uh, fun party on, you know, on Thursday night or whatever. Uh, it, it's, it's more, you know, it, it's more about the relationships and who you, who understand, you know, who you meet and, and, and understanding, you know, how you can help each other. Uh, in the space. Yeah. That's a really good point. Jason, put it in your calendar. Shannon's hosting a party on Thursday night and we're both there invited. There you go. Come on over. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Jason, in the past, most people that attended the show came because they were looking for product. They were looking for things. And the, you know, the, the sidebar of that was they were excited to see friends and, and partners and people that, you know, obviously they work with a lot that they may not see in person often. There seems to have been a shift a little bit the last couple of years, uh, especially kind of coming out of the pandemic, where the networking side almost became bigger than the show itself. D- does that hold true? Is that just a factor of 
social media and, and how connected we all are now, even when we're not together, what's driving this? No, you know, it's funny. I agree that the, the, the networking element has become so important to all these conferences, whether you remember, mm-hmm. we're, we're not just, this isn't just a trade show. It's got a whole education element, you know, yeah. put together by Cedia. That's, that's very powerful. And that breeds conversation. But this reminded me of, and um, you and Shannon talking reminded me of, I remember having a professor years ago who, when you first walked into the class, he would, first thing he would say was, any questions? And there was never any questions because he hadn't stimulated us in any way, shape, or form. He hadn't said, oh, last week we talked about this, this, this. That was really interesting. Does anybody have any questions about that? So I think there's a, there's, there is an element of having to be able to guide people into networking. You can't just put a ballroom together with the guys and the girls on either side of the wall and say, go at it. <laughs> you know, there has to be some sort of, look, we're going to have a networking reception that's going to talk about workforce development, or we are going to, ha- we want everybody who is interested in talking about creating career paths uh, come to this, or mm-hmm. anybody talking wants to share ideas on working with builders, architects, designers, and realtors. You know, I think there has to be a stimulating element to it. Now, beyond that, this market is is a cottage industry made up of tons of small businesses. Yeah. So it's very, very unique. I've worked in other markets before. You know, I've seen the security guys are a much bigger group of got bigger companies. These companies who come to Cedia are much smaller, and I believe they're much more engaged because of that, because they have small companies. They are looking for solutions with other small companies. So I think this is a real, Cedia is a very unique group. It's a very unique uh, industry. And I believe that the networking element of Cedia Expo is just as powerful as the product part of it. So long-winded answer, but I think we, you, if you can stimulate them, whether that's, that might be goats, maybe we need a goat there yoga you go. you know, element and, and come with your uh, greatest of all time, Hey, I'm getting this greatest Ooh, of all go. time product problem and share it with the goats. Get it. Goats. Greatest of all time. Goats. I, I got yoga. I love it. It's terrible. I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm, although now that we say this, I, I'm going to see if I can talk Tim into renting goats for the AV tweet, tweet up at uh, Infocom and just, I have no control over budget anymore, so I can't do it. All right, gentlemen, let's wrap this up with a story that comes to us from CE Pro, uh, Google to start transferring Nest Secure Systems over to ADT. Uh, if you are someone who either has or has clients who has Nest Secure products, um, they're going to drop their support for this in April of 2024, uh, but over the next couple of months, the uh, the the Nest Secure and the Dropcam are going to fall out of the Nest app, uh, so you won't be able to find it there. But when you go over to, or, or you'll have an opportunity to go over to ADT and get a free system through them, as long as it's less than four hundred eighty-five dollars. Again, this is in the U.S., so if you're not in the U.S., I have no idea, no clue. Um, Jason, let me let me start with you on this. I'm. I'm a little surprised at this, although I realize kind of why they're doing it and what's going on. 
But where does this leave the customers that typically would have purchased Nest Secure because they didn't want to go to companies like ADT or you know whatever other big alarm company that you're you're you you want to throw into the conversation? That was the normal path for for end users in buying these systems was they didn't want the big system from the big company with the three year you know plan that they had to sign up for. Where does this leave customers going forward? Well, I don't I don't think it's good um, that this happens because let's just say that that entry level customer who was going to who spent five hundred bucks yeah. on you know on Nest Secure the idea of what we all believe that the DIY customer is going to help feed the do it for me part of this business, that the customer gets a taste of a smart home, loves it and says, wow, I want to automate my blinds. I want to do all these other things that now let me go, let me hire a professional mm -hmm. and bring that in. So, and, and upgrade. So it does, I think hurt the smart home industry overall when something like this happens, because even though, an integrator could look at this and go, eh, that guy wasn't my customer anyway. You know, I wasn't going to get him. The idea of this upgrade path and bringing these do-it-yourselfers into the do-it-for-me part of the business and then eventually into luxury installation, it's true. It, 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 is, it does happen. People have to get a taste that way. So it, it, I think there's probably, it sets back the, a lot of DIYers from, looking at this space and wanting to have a smart home, which eventually I think hurts integrators who would be able to garner those customers as they upgrade. So um, it's disappointing that this happened. Does it, does it mean more because it's a Google product? And, and I realize originally it was a Nest product it, like this, this predates their acquisition uh, or, or Google's acquisition of Nest, but does it hurt more? Like, I didn't feel the pain and I never heard from a customer when random smart device that showed up at Home Depot only lasted a year and a half. Does it hurt more because it's Google? Um, I think so. Um, I look, you could look at uh, Oro, you know, which we mm -hmm. all know was recently went out of business and, you know, as, as a startup, you know, and a great product, really, really cool solution. Um, I think integrators are very conservative in terms of wanting to take a risk on a startup like that, startup yeah. solution like that, because if that company goes out of business, then it's like, okay, who am I going to be able to service um, my account base out there? So when something like this happens from Google, um, I think it is more important than it happening from a smaller company. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Shannon, let's wrap this up with you. On the uh, on the flip side of this conversation, we've got Google, for lack of a better term, giving something away. Typically, when especially the big GAFA companies have a technology that they stop supporting, it literally dies. It's not they don't sell it off, they don't hand it off. In this case, it dies, and usually it's a couple of people like myself or Jason who are like, "Whatever happened to that?" as we bemoan something on a show, what does it mean? Is Google taking a different approach here because they're actually giving away essentially not the IP, but they're not just canning this. I think it's, it, it's a smart way to exit. Um, you know, from my perspective, 
uh, you're not leaving your, your customers completely in the dark. You're not just completely, you know, just, you know, canning the whole thing. Um, you know, it, it is, uh, it, it is unfortunate because they are nest and everybody knows who nest is, uh, you know, just like everybody knows who bring is. Um, so, uh, but, but from, from their perspective, I, I have to, you know, give them props that they're not just dropping the whole thing. They're, they're, you know, passing it off and, and, um, and I'm sure ADT's, uh, very happy to have the, the business. Um, but, uh, you know, from, it's, it's just a tough, a tough thing to, to deal with whenever you have to. Uh, discontinue a product or, or, you know, stop, stop, uh, you know, a, a certain offering mm -hmm. uh, just to make sure your, your customers are happy. To their point, you know, we were talking earlier, it wasn't like this was a surprise. Right. They stopped no. selling it in October of 2020. Right. Yeah. So but it was Todd, three, three years. Yeah. You know? I, I still get occasionally asked for it. Like in the past yeah. year. Yeah. And again, we never sold it. We, we never supported it, but I'll have a customer's like, man, I really want to get a cheap alarm system. I should get that nest thing, right? I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> we don't really do alarms. So it's not a big deal, but it's like, sure, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Google it. See. All right, gentlemen, let's wrap it up there. Thank you both so much for joining us. Jason, if people want to connect with you, learn more about CE pro, where can they do that? Um, everybody can go to cepro.com and uh, subscribe to the newsletter, subscribe to the magazine for free. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Jason W. Not. Excellent. Where he will bemoan getting 82s in golf. Yeah, you're not living that down, dude. Uh, Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about MSE Audio, where can they do that? Yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, you can go to mseaudio.com. You can email me at shumphrey at mseaudio.com, or you can uh, put in any of our brands, soundtube.com, uh, facetech.com, rockusics.com. Excellent. Thank you both again. Uh, thank you for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please visit aviation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.